You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 82. I'm talking to Megan Ranson about personas for your church so you know who you're talking to. Let's go! Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who plays volleyball with his fist. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth. Glad to be with you today. You can get the show notes for everything we talk about at sethmuse.com slash 82. Now, today on the show, I've got Megan Ranson. Megan has started to run some things for that church conference uh, for the Sunday to Sunday group. And uh, it's, it's just a really fun conversation. I can't wait for you to hear this. But we talk about personas. And personas are something that churches kind of understand, kind of don't understand. And and sometimes we see them as like, this is a business world kind of thing. What does this really have to do with us? So we're going to dig into what personas are and how they can really help you clarify a message for your audience, whatever audience you're trying to reach, whether it's students or adults or kids or uh, senior adults or just people in your neighborhood, people in your communities. So it's a really powerful tool if you can make these for your church and get people to start. In fact, if you're the communication director, just start using them on a regular basis, because what this does is it helps you focus around a type of person that really is kind of common. And then you hit a lot more uh, people in the fields when you're talking to that person. And it's just really, really helpful. So Megan is a lot of fun. We have a good time with this conversation. A lot of laughter, a lot of fun. But uh, she's going to be speaking at that church conference along with myself. There will be a link in the show notes to go and sign up for that. So go check that out and get signed up for that church conference. It's in September. It is a great communications conference. And if you're listening to this later and it's past September, then uh, hopefully you came. If you didn't, you missed it. Go next year. It's going to be awesome. Uh, there's a lot of great communications stuff and leadership stuff. This year, uh, we're going to hear from, from Jeff Henderson, who used to be a CEO of marketing or not CEO, but he used to be over marketing at Chick-fil-A. And now he's a pastor of Gwinnett church. Uh, we're going to hear from Kenny Jang. We're going to hear from Megan. We're going to hear from all kinds of great speakers and people that just really get church communications. They can help you with what you do. Now, I'd love for you to be a part of the community around this podcast. Uh, the Seminary of Hard Knocks Facebook group is in the show notes as well. I'd, I hope you'll join that and uh, come hang out with us over there. I would also love it if you would follow me on Instagram. That's a place where I put out some you know, church communication type content, but also just kind of hang out there. It's fun. I'm a nerd there. So uh, anyway, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. It's at Seth Muse, real simple. Um, I got in early on Instagram, so I got just my name as the username without any numbers or spaces or anything. Not that my name is super common anyway. It was pretty easy, but I was one of the first in there as Seth Muse and that lawyer in Florida can eat it. So I got it. Anyway, Megan has some great stuff to talk about with a persona. So let's get into that conversation. And uh, if, I hope you like the new tunes today. Our, our theme song has changed. It is now uh, an incredible song that licensed from Aaron Sprinkle, who was big in poor old Lou and uh, the tooth and nail records kind of upbringing in the nineties. So really honored to have his stuff kind of representing the podcast now. So really cool. Excited to see uh, where we're headed next. Here's my conversation with Megan. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I have Megan Ranson on the phone on the Skype. The Skype. The Skype. Which is also on the phone. It's, so that, it's phonish. Yeah. 
it's it's very phonish the what we're doing. So uh, hey, Megan, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. How are you? I'm super, super duper. Um, I wish I hadn't said that. So we're gonna move on. How how are you? How are things going with you? You know, it's cold here in Michigan still, and I'm real bummed about it. It's cold. So I, I like the cold. Oh man, I like the sun and the warmth. I just got back from vacation, actually. Really? Where'd you go? And uh, Georgia. That's a different. little island off the coast of Georgia, and it was 78 and sunny. I got burned two days ago, and now it's like 40. Yeah. So that sounds know, great. I'm ready. I'm ready for summer. Oh man, I dread summer, but I live in Texas, where you know summer is like, hey, this year let's really burn them, guys. You know, so <laughs> it's not like the most exciting kind of fun in the sun. You know, like Florida, you can at least go to the beach or you know something like that. Where around here, it's like. Um, you live, a, you live around a lot of concrete, not a lot of shade. Let's just yeah. focus all of our fire from the sky yeah. <laughs> on this one section of the continent. Uh, you so, go outside and your skin just melts. Yeah. And, and I live in DFW, which is drier than where I grew up. I grew up in East Texas, which is like forest. So there's a lot of humidity there and it's a lot more like Florida or, or maybe the coast. Uh, even and though there's no water, there's no water. No, I hated it. I love where okay, I live now, okay. where I live now. Dry heat's way better. Dry, yeah, 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 yeah sure. so much better. But I go outside and I'm like, if my clothes start immediately sticking to me, I'm like, nope, it's going to be an inside day. <laughs> Which is basically like May through October for you, right? Pretty much. It's like eight or nine months of summer. Yeah. It's eight or nine months. Yeah, it's uh, pretty terrible, but I'll take it. It's Texas. I love Texas. But you're in Michigan. Uh, yes. Whereabouts in Michigan are you? So I'm in Ann Arbor. Okay. So south, like the southeast part of Michigan. Just across the Ohio border. It's just fun. It's a great little, great little town. It, it, I'm not sure. Is that that's South Michigan, right? You said. So yeah. you're closer to you said Ohio. Detroit. So not close to the Great Lakes. Nope. I'm like almost in the middle, like okay. South Middle. I'm like 40 minutes from Detroit. And Michigan, right? That's the glove. Yep, that's the glove. So you live in the glove. A long, the long way from you. <laughs> yes. Only, only by car or foot. Not by that's plane. true. That's fair. That's fair. Modern <laughs> transportation. Fair. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive for sure. So <laughs> tell us what you do there in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Well, so I uh, was most recently I was on staff here at a church, a uh, fairly large multi-site church here. And I recently stepped down from that to focus on some new things. And uh, now I am working with Justin Dean at that church conference on Sunday to Sunday which is awesome. I yeah. mean, I mean, kind of a dream job. So I'm just helping him with some social media cure, like moderating and, um, working on our blog posts and stuff like that. So it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. great. Yeah. I like Justin. Yeah. He's all right. He's pretty cool. He's right. Most of the time. Yeah. 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 You know, he's our guy and that church he's conference. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Why not? He's not here. To defend himself. Right. He's okay. He's not, yeah. I mean, he's not great, <laughs> but he's all right. <laughs> uh, he's actually a good friend. So I've, I feel like I'd say that for those that don't know me. Um, tell yes, us about that sure. church conference. That's coming up soonish. Oh, yeah. September. In September. Middle of September. It's in Atlanta. It is literally one of my favorite things of all times. It was, I went the first year that church conference ever happened. And it was so much fun. Those are like 
if you are a communications director, like that is the place to be. Like those are your people who are doing what you are doing day in, day out. They know your struggles and they know your strengths and the things that you are, you know, wanting support on and the things that you want to celebrate. They're doing the same exact thing with you. And it's just so much fun to connect with, you yeah. know, the same people group and a very niche not a lot of people understand even within the context of our own staff. Yeah. What we do. It's a place where you can, you can make like a comment, like, oh, I don't know, let's make it pop. And everybody goes, oh, I get you. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and everybody laughs because they know that some people say to a designers that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's yes. just, yes. it's just, it's your people, you know, it's your it's, people. It's your people. I, yeah. I go uh, every year for the last three years, this will be my third year to go. Nice. Um, so I'll put a link to that if anybody wants to sign up and I think you highly recommend you should, I'll put that a link, a link to that in our show notes for this yeah. episode. So there's some uh, really awesome speakers this year. I including heard. Yourself. Including yourself. And yourself. And myself. Yeah. yeah. We talked about me doing shadow puppets maybe. I mean, it's, it's going to be. There's always a place. There's always a place. There's always a place for the shadow puppets. <laughs> that seems to be, that seems like something that someone would quote. I'm going to, I'm going to tweet that. There's always room yeah, for shadow puppets. You should tweet that, but that'll get some movement. No context. Sure. Just there's, there's always, always room for shadow puppets. puppets. <laughs> I feel like that wisdom just needs to be out there for others yeah. to see. Mm, that's good. That's good. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'd i contacted you a while back to talk about, uh, just kind of figure out some things to discuss. And, and I had yeah. Jonathan Carone on the show recently to talk about like, uh, the importance of knowing your audience and getting to know them and, and reaching them with messages that are, that matter to them. And it was really a conversation. So if you guys want to go back and listen to that, that'd be great. But uh, to get to that part where you have a message that matters, you kind of have to know your audience first. So I wanted to talk to you about creating this little, one of the best kept secrets really of church world and business world in marketing is the persona like we, we yeah. throw, maybe you've heard that word, maybe you've heard that thrown around persona, use your persona. Um, I know Barbara Carnero likes to say, who is your audience? That's like the answer to every question that comes up in a group for her is who's your audience. And this is kind of where you start to figure out who your audience is. So tell us a little bit what exactly a persona is and what it does. Yeah. So a persona is a fictional character. And I, I kind of hesitate to use the word fictional because I want this to feel like as real as possible to you. Um, but it's a fictional character for lack of better words that you've created to represent your key audience. So personas help us understand the likes and the dislikes and the key motivations of the people who are coming to our church. Like, like, and, like Batman. Like, yeah. What? Nope. Not like Batman. What? Just a, no, what? it's not like Batman. You said fictional <laughs> character. and That's where my head went. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where are you said, where is this going? <laughs> nope. Like Batman. You know, everything's kind of like Batman. Yeah. Everything <laughs> comes back to Batman. It really does. Either that or Star Wars. Moving on. Moving uh, on. So, so, well, a difference between, so like what you just talked about, knowing your audience. Uh -huh. So another term is like a target audience. So a persona is a little bit different than a target audience. And that like your tar target audience might tell you like a female between the ages of 30 to 35 is somebody who's likely to come to your church. Whereas your persona will tell you that her name is Stephanie, she's 32 years old, she has two kids, that she's a part-time nurse, and she's married, and she went to church when she was a kid, but she hasn't gone since college. So it just kind oh. of like adds a richness to your target audience yeah. that allows you to speak more directly to a person. Yeah, it, it fills out that kind of, it makes it feel a little more real. And yeah, yeah, yeah I like I like how you're like, 
she used to go to church and she doesn't anymore. Things like that. You don't get with, you know, demographics a lot of times. Right. Like you don't just say right. she's a 32 year old female with two kids. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's, what's important to her? What, what are some of the motivations? Like you said, what are some of the barriers to coming to church or doing yeah. what we ask her to do? Um, yeah, and a persona sure. really gets into all that. Whereas understanding just your averages or taking a census basically of your church can't really tell you all of that. Right. Or if it and does, it's not going to be like the most engaging content. Right. If you ba- base it off of just those numbers. Right. It gives, it gives you like a, a definite more of a, uh, I want to say color. That's not the right word. A, a, a feeling a, a sense of about a, a person. I don't know. A real, a realness, a realness, you know, like Batman. So let's... I, hey, I never said I didn't like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, so take it, take me through, like, how do you get started? Cause you're going to have to get some of that info. Um, I'm a church communicator. I'm in the middle of, you know, Ann Arbor and, uh, I have 150 people in my church. I, I need to get this persona started. So where, where should I start? How do I get some of that info? What do I need? Yeah. So data is key. I would start with your current audience. Who's already coming to your church? Who is sitting in your seats every weekend? And you can get that just from looking at your audience. You can get that if you have a content management system like CCB, you can, those often give you really, really great reports about who's, who's a part of your church. And um, so pulling that data, um, look at your social media channels, who's following you, what are their likes, what are their dislikes, social listening. So what is the things that they're reacting to and responding to? That'll give you a really great clue about the kind of persona to build. Uh, Surveys. I think I'm, I'm thinking a lot about surveys for churches lately because I, I think we are really heavily underutilizing them. I agree. But surveying your audience like in-service surveys or even surveys that you send to your email subscribers um, or ask people on social media to participate in them, like you'll yeah. get, I mean, those will be the best answers, right? If you're asking yeah. people about what their interests are and their key motivations. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's directly from the mouth of the person sitting in your in your seats. Yeah. We did that recently. Um, okay. We we recently we we love surveys. We're at Hope, um, but we also yeah. have an app that we use. So we like put surveys in the app, and we tell people to go there, right. and and it's just a link out to Typeform or whatever Google Forms yeah. or whatever you want to use. And yeah. uh, we recently did one with that was all about how we communicate, and it was how do you find your information? Where do you go? Here's all the places we gave them examples select which one you usually listen to or look for info. If you're trying to figure something yeah. out about an event or whatever, and like how active are you on social and just kind of, we ask a bunch of these questions cause we really just needed to know how are you using, how are you interacting with us? Like, yeah. That is so helpful. Yeah. And I, like I had an idea, but really the numbers came back and <laughs> I kid you not, I was shocked by one. I was shocked. and I wasn't shocked. I knew we had a congregation that was very mobile, very, very tech savvy, and, and very active on social. But, uh, I asked the question, like of all the places you can sign up for an event, where are you most likely to do it? And we had like forms, sign up at a kiosk or go online later and sign up or in the app or whatever. And it was like 91% said they're going to sign up online later. Wow. And I was like, 91%. Oh my gosh. That's a huge percentage. Yes. (laughs) 
And there's like 8,000 people in our church. That's a lot of people. You know, they're telling me like, yeah, we're pretty much just going to sign up online. Yeah. So now I'm, with these paper signups. Right. So now <laughs> I can go to like any of my departments and, and they were like, if they ever were like, let's do a paper sign up. I'm like, okay, but only like 50, you know, and yeah. then we'll just have them at the desk in case somebody wants them. But we're not counting on that as our major sign up uh, yeah. location. So it gave me the opportunity to really kind of strategically look around. But I love stats. I love data. I think data drives good decision-making, especially for yeah. communicators. I think it's brilliant to survey your people, especially when you're trying to figure out who your people are. And that's just a great example of like why it's so important to know your audience, because if that works well for your church, that might not work well for a different church. Exactly. And you can't go off of the best practice for someone else because it might not apply to you. Right. It, it might be something you go, this is what a lot of people do. Sure. Maybe I should yeah. do that. But before you do that, you should ask, you should find out. Yeah. It's just yeah. part of that building the data for that persona. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, so what, how do you put all this data together into uh, an actual cohesive persona? So I would break it down into three categories. So I would think about uh geographic. So where's this person located? Okay. And, uh, Pretty good hint is that it's close to your church. <laughs> Most of the time, yep. Most of the time. Um, and this is changing too now that we're moving church to digital audiences a lot. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's really important. You know, where are these people coming from that are listening and following our Facebook lives and our YouTube videos? Yep. Um, so then demographics, so race, ethnicity, age, gender, religious, education, income, marital status, what are their jobs? Uh answer all of those questions. Like those are all driving factors in our decisions. Um, and then I would create the third one is a psychographic profile. So that's a little mm. more ambiguous. Psychographics. Psychographics. Like I imagine them being like really eighties graphics, like really like punk rock eighties graphics. They're psycho. You know, what's funny is I actually imagined the old school Batman comic. Oh, like the bam, pow. Yeah, there you go. That's great. You know, we can go with that. Okay. Psychographics. Yeah. I don't know. We just lost everyone. Everybody's gone. <laughs> Everyone's gone. Nobody's, like, this is, nobody's still happening? listening to this. I'm used to it though. About now they're like, I'm done with that freak anyway. So no, we can pretty much just say whatever we want. I mean, nobody's going to. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's great. That relieves the pressure. <laughs> All right. So um, psychographics, okay, so what psychographic are those? Psychographic profile. Yeah. So this is what drives your persona. So what is, what, like you mentioned, uh, what are their hindrances or the hangups that things are going to keep, like keep them from either coming to church or being more involved or uh, taking the step further, maybe getting baptized. So these, so the psychographic profile is going to tell you those things. It's going to help answer those questions so that when you are doing like a baptism call, for example, you can speak directly to the problem or directly to the barriers, which mm -hmm. will help, you know, tear those down so that people feel safe and comfortable yeah. and welcome and those are very important things to consider when we're creating content and communicating. Absolutely. So you've got all this, you've got all these psychographics and all these, all these details, geographic information, personal information. You have their, you have their social security number, their blood type. you you really know who they are. Um, yeah. So once you have all that uh, internet passwords, et cetera, you, what do you, what do you, what do you do with that info? Uh, how do you start using that in, in everyday life for the communicator? And you, I, so I 
I think this is something that you use in everything. When you are writing a blurb, when you are writing website copy, when you are determining the events that you're going to do that year, yeah, that is when you you take that persona into into play. Or is that the right word? Into play? Sure. Yeah, I think it could be. It could be. That's right. So you take. So you're like, are going to do a men's conference? Um, Obviously, you're going to have to write a different persona for a men's conference. Because your 32-year-old wife is not going to be the target of that. Right. For sure. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> at my church, we definitely advertise for the men's conference in the women's and the men's bathroom. And for the men mm-hmm. and for so the women's hard. conference, we only advertise in the women's bathroom. Yep. Because men are not going to remind their wives most of the time to sign up for that. But women will remind their husbands to sign up for the men's conference. So we're like, we, we think about that kind of stuff too. Uh, That goes into your personas as well. Like mom, your female persona or whatever is the one that's going to make most of the scheduling logistical decisions. Most of the, most of the time in our, in our place they do. So, so you take that thing and you go, okay, I'm let's say I got a women's conference. Here's my persona. This is perfect. Um, I take this and I start thinking, how am I going to get them here? I start using some of those things that we wrote. What's their problems? What's their issues? And we try to craft marketing messages like your poster, your byline, your blurbs, all all that after that issue. Well, here's an example. So let's, if we're talking about the business world, so a company like Walmart might use language like unbeatable prices or, uh, you know, something like that, like, because they're targeting a budget conscious audience. That's their, that's their target audience. But a company like Chanel might use language more like luxurious or silky Mm -hmm. because they're looking at like a higher end audience. So even, even if it's, you know, a generic event, like the language that you use, the specific adjectives, the drivers, all of that stuff is going to come out of your persona. Yeah. And even today I was writing a blog for our church. We're about to launch a blog at our church, which I'm really excited about, but I had a phrase in a, in a blog that said, accept Jesus Christ as savior. And I changed it to become a Christian Mm. um, because that's the kind of language we use with our people. And that's, it means we use it in the same way. And so it was just one of those things where, cause I knew my audience and my persona, they're not, they're not incredibly theologically educated people. I don't mean that mean or anything. It's just sure. they didn't grow up in church. And so, right. so accepting Christ and yeah, salvation, what is that? Accept Christ into my heart. I don't know. I don't know what that means. And so it's like I wanted to create a, a, a common ground with that language with my, uh, with my typical persona uh, yeah. of the person who is not, did not grow up in church. Yeah, that's you know? a great example. It just that's drives everything you do. Yes. Yeah. Even, even a blog post, Yes. especially a blog post. I mean, there's a lot of content on a blog post. There is. And I, I and when I write, I always write way too much content on a blog post <laughs> and I have to scale it. Believe it or not, everybody, you're getting the real scaled back version when it actually makes it to the, to the site. I've edited that quite yeah. a bit. Still a what thousand, was that? There was an author, thousand words. there was an author that said something about how long it takes to write a paragraph because it starts off as 10 pages. Oh, my memory. If I, I could know. remember that. That's a good quote, though. It sounds like it, w- it would be a really good quote. Yeah. It sounds if I like could rem- <laughs> it. Just, the gist of it, though, was about how much how much time it takes to write succinctly, because it really does. Yeah. 
Yeah, it it is. I I think I know which one you're talking about too. I can't remember it either. Um, the uh, you know you you picking up what I'm throwing down. I I get you. I get I I get what you're saying. It's like the editing process is actually the biggest part of the writing process. Yes. It's almost like Michelangelo was asked, "How do you see the sculpture in in the block?" And he goes, I just keep chipping away to reveal what's already, what's already in there or something like that. Yeah. What I already saw. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something like that. Some are art- really butchering these. Some artsy fartsy thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> some smart thing that uh, Ninja Turtle said once. <laughs> um, anyway. Abraham Lincoln that said. <laughs> what's the office quote? Abraham Lincoln once said that if you are racist, I will attack you with the North. <laughs> That's what Michael Scott said to start his I am not a racist video that he made. <laughs> I will attack you with the North. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm trying really hard to not like laugh super loudly right now and just burn everyone's ears off. <laughs> that's funny. That's all right. Remember, there's there's nobody there. Um, yeah, so <laughs> so let's talk about how we revisit this persona. I mean, obviously you want to come back to it because your church can change. So about how long do we really need to go before we go? Let's revisit this and make sure we're still on the same track with our personas. And I would I would say that you're just always keeping an eye out for that. Like you're always yeah. watching to see who your audience is and how they're changing over time and who's being drawn to the the culture and the messaging of your church. And you know, I would start off with building just like one or two personas and mm. like what you're comfortable with and then dig deeper and build out more as you feel comfortable because it feels super weird at first to like you know, like gives, give this fictional character a name and a, and a story and a narrative. Yeah. Like it's a little awkward and it's, it's weird and difficult to find how to apply that. So just, you know, just like we, the strategy we say with social media, start small, get really comfortable and then expand. Mm -hmm. I would say the same, you know, methodology applies here too. So take that person and always be looking to see, is this working? Is this not working? you know, utilize those surveys and figure out if the key motivators that you have are still the key motivators. You know, I, I feel like my life changes every six months. And so, you know, my key motivators might change with that too. So it's important that we're always adapting and that we're always, you know, listening to the people that are engaging with us. Right. And and you hit on something I wanted to ask real quick. Um, You said one or two personas. How many obviously we could create multiple personas. How many do you think is like, I know it's different for every context, but do you have a recommendation for like how many is too many? <laughs> well, okay, and, and so, why, why would you have to, I guess is, is what I'm really getting at. So I would say that, that I would almost like a hierarchy of personas. So I would have that one. That's your main one. This is the one that you craft most of your language around when you're yeah. writing, copying content, This is the person that you are, that's your key persona. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you're going to have breakouts from there. Like you give the example of the women's conference. So if your key persona is a man named Matt, who's 32, that's not going to apply to the women's conference. So you're going to have to build an audience or build a persona around that. Right. Um, You know, based on what your content is, it's Mm -hmm. not always going to apply. And that's when it it differs a little bit, right? Like when you take those marketing best practices from what applies to a business who's who really is targeting a specific person for their purchases. When it comes to a church, our audiences are a lot more varied, but we really can't, we still can't say that we appeal to everyone. 
Like we can't yeah. do that because if we do that, then we appeal to yeah. no one. Exactly. Well, I was going to say, we do say that we just are wrong when we say we're that right. a there lot because we're really not appealing. Like I love again, to reference Barbara, what she says sometimes to people they are like, we're, we're here to every each everyone. She's like, okay, when's your Spanish service? Yes, I like, love that. Ah, uh, we don't have one because we're not really oh. reaching everybody. You know, technicality yeah. got me, but yeah. true, you're not yeah. reaching everybody. Yeah, uh, you're reaching your I, area. To quote somebody else that I don't know who said this, but this was not me. Someone George much smarter than me said this. George Washington. Yeah, George Washington said, said once. <laughs> um, said something about how like the gospel applies to everyone, but we're not always speaking the same language. Yeah. So, what's your language? And apply it, right? Mm-hmm. Like who who is it that you're catering to, and apply it? Yeah. So I I had somebody actually a conversation with somebody this morning who's a youth pastor was talking about the kind of um, kids that were attracted to her youth ministry were just like, you know, her husband's very nerdy and scholarly, and like those were the kids that she was attracted. And I was just like, that's great, like that's totally great. That's your audience, like you know, lean into that. You don't have to appeal to everybody because then you're, you're really not going to go deep with anyone. Yeah. So that's, there's no issue with you having a very specific niche audience Yeah. or defining that person really well. It's like the, it's like in target practice, it's like having like a, like a laser versus a shotgun, right? It's the shotgun marketing approach. Mm-hmm. Mm, it doesn't all like that's old school marketing. Like yeah. now we can really get so defined with who our audience is. And we have to, we have to stop thinking that we have earned people's attention. Yeah. Because we exist. Right. And and we all all agree that this is a noble thing we should pay attention to. Yes. Yeah. You're right. But they're not going to pay attention still. We are not entitled to people's attention. Exactly. That's good. And everybody tweet that. That's, that's definitely tweetable. We're not entitled to everyone's not entitled to everyone's attention. That's good. And I like that you said that with your different personas, there's a hierarchy. So a hierarchy of categorization, you know, like for men, you have a man for men's conference, you have a, a female that might be your main one. And then you have like a student or college student that you're trying to reach. Cause those are different categories of people or single person, um, yeah. for different ministries. But your main, like if we speak as the church, we're speaking to this person. Yeah. But if we speak as the youth ministry, we're speaking to this student or this parent, yeah. you know, and like, you can really get granular with that but it gets confusing if you, if you try too many different things. So I think start small, that's good advice, you know, start small, build out of that and and just get that one main one down. Um, Everybody always struggles with like, well, if I'm just focused on this one person, then I'm going to miss everybody else. And it's, it's kind of the principle of the bullseye. If you hit the bullseye, you actually get credit for the other rings. Like you don't have to hit them too. They're just counted. And so with the same thing, you need that one person. There's all kinds of people that will still come. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're pressing in a code and only those types of people will show up. But uh, I think it's brilliant. Um, any parting shots of wisdom on personas or knowing your audience that you would like our audience to hear? Man, I, you know, we talked about a lot of, a lot of the ideas behind being like why it's important to be specific and like something that came to my mind was even like, if you want to take this back to like a biblical perspective, like if you think about how Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written, they were each written to a very different audience. Like even scripture is written 
to a specific audience. Mm -hmm. And if we want to, you know, apply that to the way that we should be communicating, like it's still very, that, that whole concept is still very much applicable today. And yeah, I just love, like, it's, it feels really important that we make sure we know who we're talking to. And when we are talking to them, we're talking to them in a way that, that attracts their attention and engages with them because there's just so much noise out there, Yeah, you know, that we don't need to add to it. But, yeah. and we have such an important message and we have such an important message that we need to break through that noise. And it's, it's even more important that we are being as intentional as everyone else is. Absolutely. The way that we communicate. And I, th- I think you're right. It's very biblical. Even Jesus was like the woman that he told, I'm yeah. not here for you. I'm here for the lost children of Israel. And she's like, but I'll take the scraps. And he's like, okay. You know, but it, it, like he, he, he wasn't here for them. He had a target audience. Yeah. Even Jesus yeah. did. So it's, it's so biblical. It's so good. Um, how, well, how can people connect with you online? Where can we find you? Uh, probably Twitter would be the best. So my handle on Twitter is Megan Louise. My Instagram is mostly pictures of my kids. So you're welcome to follow me on there, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's about it. Uh, so yeah, Twitter and Facebook, I'm, I'm all over those too. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll put those links in the show notes as well. And Megan, thank you so much for being on the show and, and yeah. bringing us your wisdom. Thanks for having me, Seth. It was awesome. A huge honor to be on the <laughs> Seth Muse podcast. Ha, honor. Well, let's not bandy those kinds of words about, but uh, I appreciate you coming on. I mean I, it. I, I mean it. I'm sincere. <laughs> I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your, your spending your time with me. So thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. All right, guys, go get the show notes for this episode at sethmuse.com slash 82. There's a link in there to sign up for that church conference, and I hope I can meet you there, and Megan will meet you there too. Although she's going to probably be in her trailer most of the time. So anyway, okay, she's laughing now. <laughs> she's I very important. room temperature water. Please. She's very important. Only, only green grapes and blue M&M's. Um, All right. Well, thank you guys for listening so much. We'll see you next time. See ya.